Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. Vin, how has your week been? My week's been good. How about yours? Very good. So one of the topics that's been coming up a lot in the news is that that marijuana, cannabis, weed, pot, whatever you want to call it, is the cure-all for people with mental illness disorders. Uh, Whether it be bipolar, schizophrenia, major depression, anxiety, it seems like this wonder drug will cure it all. So I'm skeptical, as as I know you are, Mr. Wales, and and Mm -hmm. you and I did a lot of research on this subject, and we sort of came up I'm going to go with empty. So we asked Dr. Grohall, who is the uh, CEO, the, the founder of Psych Central and a great researcher in his own right to come and explain, well, frankly, to explain marijuana for medicinal purposes for mental health to us. So John, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, great to be here with you today. Well, we are very glad that you're here and we're hoping that you can sort of help lay people understand what marijuana is when we look at it as medicine. I think most of us are familiar with pot, weed. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we've, we've all seen a Seth Rogen movie. Uh, We all know who Snoop Dogg is. So we, we understand what marijuana is, but we're starting to talk about it in terms of using it for wellness, using it for medicine. And there's just a lot of conflicting information out there. So the first question that I want to ask is, can marijuana be used to treat mental illness? It's, it's a broad question. So good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the answer is maybe a little bit surprising, but the answer is yes, it looks like it can be used to treat certain types of mental illness, depending upon what it is. The research I've done, I've only looked at uh, three specific disorders, depression, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. And I'd be happy to talk to you further about those. Well, yeah, see, that's the amazing part. To, to step away from the subject of marijuana for a moment, I, I hate how we refer to all mental illnesses as mental illness. We don't recall all physical illnesses, physical illness. We, we break them down to what they are. So you're right. The best question to ask is, let's start with depression. Will marijuana help somebody with major depression? The answer is probably a qualified yes depending on what the person's personality is like. And so that's a, it's a complex answer because uh, not surprising, uh, human beings are pretty complex. And so you can't, oftentimes you, you, you just can't look at how a substance is going to perform in a vacuum in a person. You have to really look at the person as a holistic entity. Um, And so that includes their personality. And uh, when researchers take into account personality variables and and traits, they find that for some people, marijuana will uh, increase the person's depressive symptoms. And then for other people with different personality traits, uh, that the marijuana use uh, will decrease the depression, the depression symptoms and anxiety in, in those people. And th- those personality traits are related to novelty seeking. So people who are more novelty seeking kinds of people, 
they find that marijuana use is a, a positive component um, for those people. So the first thing that we should, we should take a step back from and say, don't everybody with major depression run out and buy weed, uh, buy marijuana, buy cannabis, et cetera, because we're, we're very much talking about being prescribed by a doctor. And when doctors prescribe, it doesn't matter what medication they prescribe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they watch you. They make an educated guess on a medication that might help, and then they see how you react to decide if that medicine will work for you long term. So for example, to say, does lithium help with bipolar disorder? The answer is yes, but that doesn't mean that it will help everybody with bipolar disorder. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and let me be clear that there, there hasn't really been any research to show that uh, marijuana itself is a effective treatment for depression. So don't, don't get this, uh, don't take this the wrong way. We're not talking about treating depression with marijuana alone or as a substitute for any kind of uh, psychiatric medication or for psychotherapy. We're talking really about what is marijuana's impact on these kinds of symptoms that we associate with depression and anxiety. So I, I think it's important to, to be clear that I'm not talking about that marijuana is a, an effective treatment for depression, but rather we're, we're kind of looking more at whether using marijuana when you have depression or anxiety, is that going to more likely be harmful to you or could it possibly uh, benefit the depressive symptoms or the anxiety symptoms? And the answer that research has today is that we probably don't really know and in what research we do have, it's, it seems that it's a complicated answer that it actually does, it, it may help some people's depressive symptoms. Um, and in other people, it, it may actually um, make their depressive symptoms worse. John, why do people believe that marijuana is the, the greatest drug ever? And if they believe that, why is it so hard to either prove that it is or disprove that it isn't? Wouldn't this just be a research study that we could just figure out who's right and who's wrong and go along our merry ways? So one of the challenges with this whole line of research into the effects of how effective is marijuana for, for any type of mental illness is the fact that marijuana is a schedule one substance um, drug in the U.S. Controlled Substances Act. And what that means is that it makes it very difficult to do legitimate scientific research on this drug. It's very hard to get a hold of. Um, there's only a few strains, a, a, a very select few universities that will provide marijuana for research purposes. And because of that kind of policy that the U.S. government has had, and that technically is still, in the, you know, from the U.S. federal government standpoint, it's still an illegal substance, it has been really, really difficult for medical researchers and researchers in mental illness to be able to do the kind of scientific research that, that, this, that this area so desperately needs now that the states are they're legalizing different forms of marijuana for both medicinal use and, and other kinds of use. Thank you, John. We're going to step away for a moment. We're talking with Dr. John Grohall about medicinal marijuana to treat mental illness and some of the challenges that's coming, but we'll hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. 
Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face -face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Dr. John Grohall, and we are discussing the medical and mental benefits of cannabis. And it seems fair that we should at least talk about the other side of the coin, which is the detrimental effects. Uh, John, um, you and I have discussed that one of the age groups that consume a lot of marijuana is uh, the, the adolescent years, which is, of course, a very tricky time in one's life for all sorts of things. You want to comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we have to keep in mind that an adolescent brain is a developing brain all the way into young adulthood. About, about age 25, your brain is still actively growing, making uh, important neuron connections, um, growing those neuron networks that uh, we don't completely understand, but we know are important for your long-term cognitive memory and, and cognitive health. And so when you intake any kind of substance that's going to have an impact on your brain in large quantities, whether it be marijuana or um, something like alcohol, these all have uh, a negative impact on your brain's development. And some people can actually possibly trigger episodes of mental illness, such as schizophrenia. Um, apparently one study has, has found that. So it does put young people at greater risk um, when they use marijuana on a very regular chronic basis as a young person. And uh, it's something that I, I would just caution that a person should, should, you know, should, should look at and take into balance when they're, when they're thinking about, Hey, how's this going to impact my life? Cause you only get one life, you only get one brain. And so of course you want to treat it with some respect, even though you're, you're exploring boundaries and things of that nature. One of the things we hear when it comes to treating mental illness is that when, when people, you know, people living with untreated bipolar disorder, people living with untreated major depression, people li living with uh, untreated schizophrenia, whenever they abuse drugs, alcohol, or even you know, just do drugs and alcohol, we call that self-medicating. It's this idea that people are trying to help themselves, but they're helping themselves in the worst possible way because you know vodka doesn't cure depression. Cigarettes and, and eating poorly doesn't help with schizophrenia. And now we're on to this idea that, that maybe marijuana could be helpful, but we haven't really decided how. Do you think that there'll ever come a time that, that we have this information? I mean, I know you spoke before the break about how difficult it is to run these studies, but people firmly believe that this could be a miracle drug in the treatment of mental illness. Do you have any idea of why they believe this? I can't speak to, to people's individual beliefs about marijuana use and, and, and it having some sort of magical properties to cure mental illness. It, it clearly does not have that. For some people, it, it can be very beneficial um, for their mental health, but the research is not 
clear that it is some sort of miracle drug or suddenly some sort of cure-all, it's been pretty consistently proven throughout history that any drug that comes along and makes such outrageous claims or people make those claims on behalf of the drug, they, it, they just don't hold up to scrutiny and they don't hold up to the test of time. Well, that's a really good point, too. Whenever other drugs come out, you know, the, the, the stereotypical pharmaceutical pills, uh, we often hear the same thing. I remember several years back, a new drug came out that advertised that they were the only drug with a low occurrence of sexual side effects. And th this really appealed to me as I was very young. But then a few years later, we found out that no, no, their, their, their occurrence of sexual side effects was the same as everybody else. So is, do you think that marijuana is kind of getting caught up in this, that people are just so desperate for the idea that something organic, something that we can grow, something that's been readily available and around for a long period of time is also the answer to all of our problems? Well, it's certainly an attractive answer in that respect. If you're looking for something all natural and organic and you think of it from that perspective, but so is nicotine. And so are a lot of other things that are not necessarily good for you when taken in large quantities. And that's, I think that's the key is that, of course, if you find some sort of self-help strategy that, that works for you and seems to improve your symptoms, I encourage you to, to uh, continue doing that. If that self-help strategy uh, involves uh, partaking of some sort of marijuana from time to time, and it seems to help alleviate some of your symptoms associated with a, a mental illness. Absolutely. It's, uh, but to go around and recommending it uh, for everyone as a, as the cure all or the end all be all for, for whatever symptoms you have, I think is um, ridiculous for people to be suggesting as, as such. And in many cases, I, I cannot emphasize this enough, marijuana use may make a person's symptoms even worse. It's just one of those drugs where it, it, it may have the exact opposite of its intended effect. And, and one has to be super aware of that going into it if you're going to um, experiment with it. I think one of the things that we also need to cover is that there's no health department or, or FDA or governing body when it comes to how marijuana is grown. So we don't know that it wasn't you know, laying in gasoline or sprayed with pesticides or, you know, cut at the optimum time to be medically effective, et cetera. Uh, in many, many places, it's still an illegal drug. And therefore, the strain that you get, the quality that you get, et cetera, can be, well, very, very variable. And I think that's going to impact whether or not it helps you or not. Yes, I think that was probably a bigger concern in, in older days, it, with medicinal marijuana on the market and with the legalization of marijuana in states like Colorado, you, you're seeing a, a lot of regulation and commercial uh, growing strategies around marijuana that, uh, that help ensure that it has a certain uh, potency level and, and things of that nature that make it more reliably uh, the same kind of dose if you're, especially if you're uh, receiving medical marijuana, you, you're actually getting something that, that is probably pretty well regulated, uh, probably couldn't be much better regulated in the states where it's offered 
even if the federal government were to change its mind and, and say, hey, yes, this is this does have actual medical benefits. And it does. I mean, there's plenty of research out there to show that medical marijuana does alleviate pain uh, for, for chronic pain patients. It does uh, help with glaucoma and, and a bunch of other medical diseases as well. The, the place where it's a little more cloudy is, is with, these, with mental illness and, and uh, specific mental disorders. California is another state that has, has legalized it for medical use here. And, and I know that some doctors are, you know, they're prescribing marijuana for, for mental illness. Is that, is that holding up in other places, do you know? Yes, and, and there's a reason for that, and that's because doctors have long been given a, a wide latitude when it comes to their prescription authority and, and basically relying on doctors' judgment in their understanding uh, and reading of the research and medical literature and knowledge. And so the law has generally said, hey, if the doctor is okay with it and they've written you a prescription for it, then we're okay with the doctor doing that within, within, within reasonable boundaries. So arguably that's what has led to the op- opioid uh, epidemic that the country is facing uh, because we have kind of allowed doctors to maybe go a little bit too far with, with their prescription authority for, you know, off-label uses and whatnot. But um, I think in the case of mar- medical marijuana, if the doctor and the patient are on the same, uh, same understanding of, of try- giving it a try and seeing how it impacts a person's mental illness symptoms, I, I don't see the... I don't see the drawback as long as it's being carefully monitored. Wonderful. So it, it really does seem like there there are potential benefits, there are potential risks, but ultimately we're still sort of in the infancy of whether or not this drug will be overall helpful. I mean, it it, it sounds like it helps some people, but not others, but we really don't know. We just don't know. Would it be fair to say that this is just, just way too new to understand exactly where this will fit into the future of treating people with mental illness? I think that's a fair assessment. I also kind of look at it like a, a uh, supplement where th- those are largely unregulated in the United States and other countries. And while there is some potential for harm with marijuana use, uh, it, it's one of those things that if you do, think about using it for medicinal purposes related to your mental illness, I think as long as you're doing so with uh, at least the knowledge of your, of your doctor, psychiatrist, therapist, whatever, and, and that you're carefully monitoring your symptoms while using it and and noting if a symptom is seemingly getting worse on its use. um, I think you consider such use, uh, just as you would uh, trying any kind of new treatment, uh, as long as it's being done in a responsible manner and being monitored by a healthcare professional. I like your example there because, you know, sometimes you read on the internet, which is, which is where all good misinformation comes from, that you should stop taking all of your medications, stop going to therapy, ignore big pharma, and I'm making the air quotes right now, and treat everything with just, just being the operative word, uh, marijuana. And I don't think that there's any research that says that 
you can manage 100% of your symptoms just by smoking marijuana. Uh, there seems to, the research seems to state that it can be helpful, it can be part of an overall treatment program, and you should include your doctors. It doesn't include you know, firing the medical establishment and, and going at it alone with, with just, just weed. Is that, does that hold up? Is that really what we're saying here? There is zero scientific research showing that medical marijuana or any type of marijuana is an effective treatment of itself for mental illness. So, uh, you know, without any other type of treatment, that would be a huge mistake, I, I, in my opinion, for someone to go down that road and, and look at it as the only type of treatment that they're going to receive for their mental illness. And to, uh, to your second point, that the research really is at its infancy in this, in this area. And it's going to be a long time, a long time, another 10 or 20 years before we have clear answers as to whether marijuana for mental illness, for depression, for bipolar disorder, for anxiety, is really an effective and scientifically validated treatment. All we have today are a lot of initial studies done um, that have not been replicated, that we don't know have robust re uh, results. So I do want to caution people that we, we still have a long ways to go in this area, and it would be uh, very premature to make any kind of conclusive statements about medical uh, marijuana's uh, helpfulness or harm for a person's mental illness symptoms. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate you taking the time to pull together the research on this. It's a common question that we get asked a lot, and, and that was a, a lot of information in a very quick time, but it's much appreciated. So thank you for being on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can get one week of convenient, affordable, private online counseling absolutely free anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. And with that, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at gabehoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. 
One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.